Hello and welcome to the Diocese of Lansing uh, podcast. My name is David Kerr and I'm the Director of Communications here at the Diocese of Lansing in uh, Michigan. Uh, We started these podcasts back in March and then inopportunely, uh, COVID decided to come along and uh, inflict uh, much upon society, not least ejecting us from this building. So the podcasts were on hold and we communicated via other ways, um, but due to popular demand, uh, well, from one or two people in my family and around the parishes, um, we've decided to, uh, again, we're back in the building to uh, restart these podcasts. And if you find them useful, uh, then that's what they're for. And uh, glory be to God for, for that uh, fact. Um, although we are several months down the line, um, the more the world changes, the more it stays the same, as they say. And the topic of discussion today is COVID. Um, And in March, we dealt with the issue of uh, schools being uh, suspended, in-class learning being suspended. And uh, this week and next week sees uh, schools across the Diocese of Lansing return to the classroom. So appropriately, uh, we are joined by uh, Tom Maloney, who is the Superintendent for Schools in the Diocese of Lansing. Good to have you here, Tom. Thank you, David. Good to, to good, good to be here. And just as you do that intro, I'm reminded that, yeah, that last podcast was over five months ago when we were talking about the school's closing. You've aged, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> it's been an interesting time. Uh, interesting time. Yes. You're the one person in this building who had a holiday that involved having no holiday uh, over the summer. I think you had one of those as well. Oh, that's true. Okay. It's all for a good cause. Uh, tell us, Tom... Um, I guess people want to what, what's the latest across the, the diocese? Well, this is uh, Tuesday um, and uh, schools are starting to go back. How many schools are going back this week? How many are going back next week? How many in person? How many not in person? Tell us. Yeah, David. Well, first of all, you know, it's what, August uh, 19th, uh, which is always an exciting time uh, for schools, right? Back to school, that uh, anticipation, that excitement, that newness of the school year. Those feelings are still uh, present and palpable in our schools, although a little different, right, with with the COVID-19 realities. And so um, all of our schools have been working so hard over the summer to uh, prepare and get ready for this moment. And so this week, four of our schools have started in-person instruction uh, for their students. All their students uh, have that uh, availability uh, five days a week. Uh, Next week, it's uh, just over 20 of our schools will start and the rest the following week. So all 35 Catholic schools in our diocese uh, will be in session in the next couple weeks. What reaction have you had from parents to that news? Yeah, parents, uh, the vast majority, are, are so pleased and excited that we are able to offer in-person instruction uh, for their young children, and um, they are excited. Uh, sure, uh, they're also a little bit um, anxious, you know, and uh, everyone's got new protocols to follow. Um, and so there, there's a lot of newness uh, uh, for, for families and teachers and um, school administrators and the students. So uh, there's excitement, but uh, of course, a little bit of nervousness as we begin this new adventure. Tell us about those protocols. Obviously, it will vary from school to school, but generally, what differences will students returning to school this week, next week, and the days to come, what, what, what are they going to notice? Yeah, so, well, first, uh, please know that our schools uh, must follow uh, the state mandates, just like our neighborhood public schools. And so all of our plans, all of our protocols meet those criteria from the state government. And so some of the differences um, are the masks and the social distancing, um, the increased uh, focus on hygiene and different uh, cleaning protocols, 
um, with the masks and social distancing, our classrooms will look different. Uh, desks are further apart. Uh, most of the um, kind of extra furniture that were in classrooms were taken out so the desks could be moved further apart. Many of our schools are finding outdoor spaces to use as classrooms. Some of them have rented some of those big tents uh, so that uh, they can get their students outside. Because when students are outside and social distancing, uh, then they can take those masks off. And so we know that that's going to be um, much needed uh, time during the day to have that uh, break from having the masks on. So in the classroom, masks on, social distancing. In common areas, masks on social distancing, but if they're learning outside, then social distancing, but not necessarily masks. Or... That's right. And, and the, the mask requirement uh, varies based on the age. So uh, they're absolutely required for students in grades uh, 6 through 12, but in grades K through 5, they're strongly recommended. And so some of our schools will require that and some will, will have the recommendation, but not require masks for those younger students. As you say, these decisions and this move back to in-person learning uh, meets the criteria laid down by the state of Michigan and has been approved by the state of Michigan. And yet we also know that the public schools in the state of Michigan are not going back to in-person learning and they're working from the same guidelines. So how can this be? Yeah, well, it hasn't been an easy task, right, starting uh, last uh, May to dive into what this fall might look like. And so all schools, uh, Catholic, uh, Christian, and public schools, uh, private schools across the state have looked at the federal guidelines from the CDC, um, but we've also looked carefully at the executive orders and the mandates from our state, and then also uh, the guidelines and recommendations from our local health departments. We've also considered the uh, opinions and uh, guidelines from different organizations like the American Academy of Pediatrics. And so all schools were looking at the safe and health and well-being of their students, uh, their teachers and staff, and by, uh, by nature, then, the families and the school families. But when you, when you think about the well-being, you, you must consider the mental, intellectual, emotional, and for us, the spiritual well-being uh, of each student. And so that weighed heavy on us as we developed our plans, forced us to weigh the risks and the benefits of many different options. And so as we developed those plans, uh, we heard from many people at the federal level, the state level, and the local level that the value of in-person instruction for our young people outweighed the risk uh, that the virus poses to them. And so just like everyone, we're following those numbers uh, to look at the uh, infection rate, the positivity rate, and whatnot closely. But I think there's a couple things that uh, our Catholic schools have going for them in this regard. Uh, number one, we're, we're, we're faith-based uh, communities, right? And so that foundation in our faith allows us to act with uh, uh, that fortitude that's been gifted to us by God above. But also our, our, our school communities uh, are smaller than many of our public school uh, counterparts. Um, on average, our, our K-8s are right around 200 students and our high schools are right around 500 students. You couple that uh, population number with the fact that most of our, our schools are parish schools, and so they uh, reside on parish campuses that have extra buildings and extra meeting rooms or uh, spaces that we can spread out. So we are blessed that we can, uh, with masks, we can do the social distancing. And so we can offer that face-to-face -face option for all of our students, uh, five days a week because of those blessings. Now, 
We also know, though, um, that for some of our students and some of their families, uh, a face-to-face -face option is not uh, the best option for them at this moment. Could be because health concerns of the student or family members. And so all of our schools are working very hard to offer that remote online option uh, for that small number of students as well. How will that work? Uh, will it be the, the, the teacher in the classroom will teach to students in person, but there'll also be a webcam or is it separate classes for those few um, who want online learning? Yeah, there's a couple different uh, variations of that model that are occurring uh, throughout our diocese. Uh, many of our teachers are becoming uh, tech experts and using webcams, and so many of our teachers will record their direct instruction portion of their lesson, and then uh, that day or probably the day after we'll post that to a website. And so that will allow uh, students at home to view those direct uh, lessons uh, from their teacher. Uh, some of our schools uh, have kind of come together and are offering an online option with a specific set of teachers who are dedicated just to those online learners. Uh, and, and with that, there'll be some live streaming where they'll watch uh, the, the instruction and those teachers uh, real time. So it's a combination of both of those. Uh, all of our schools are starting last uh, spring. Uh, we're using different platforms so that students can access uh, their assignments, submit their assignments online. They'll even be doing that uh, this fall when they're in person because I think we all expect that at some point in time, even though right now we're in phase four of the state of Michigan's uh, stay, Safe Start plan, which allows for in-person instruction, there's a chance we could fall back to phase three. And if we fall back to phase three, then all of our schools will be, will be back to remote learning. You say that most parents have welcomed uh, the return to in-person learning. As a percentage, how many parents do you think are, are not opting for in-person learning or opting for online? Is it? It's less than 10% of our okay. uh, families that are opting for that uh, online option. And for those parents who are sending their children back to, to school, as we say, the, you know, the criteria have been met in terms of health and safety and well-being of the, the students. What's the responsibility in those parents in terms of cooperating with the school, local health authorities and the rest if they identify in their family somebody who has COVID or a child's got COVID, what should they do? Well, first of all, uh, we've always enjoyed an incredible partnership with our parents and our families. It's, it's how our Catholic schools work, right? And so first and foremost, we need to rely on their prayers, their patience, and their mercy. <laughs> um, because things will, uh, will change from time to time, right? Uh, this is new for all of us. Um, just like last spring, they had to dive into that uh, real partnership in a way to help with the instruction. This fall, they have to dive into that partnership and help us with uh, tracking symptoms. Uh, most of our schools will rely on their parents to do some sort of temperature check, some sort of, of wellness check uh, on their students before they bring them to schools. And that whole drop-off uh, process, uh, protocols has changed for most of our schools and so our parents will need to be well aware, well in tuned with what the, their school is expecting them to do as they drop their children off for school this year and pick them up. You th if you think you've got a child or somebody in the household with COVID, phone the school. Immediately. Yes. Okay. Phone the school and then our school will immediately phone their local health department. So, you know, across our diocese, uh, we cover 10 counties. Each county has its own uh, health department and so our schools are creating that partnership with their local health departments, and they will guide us 
as to how how to handle those all those different scenarios, right? If a if a student uh, tests positive, if a teacher tests positive, if a family member tests positive, they will take that information from our schools and they will guide us on how to respond to that. Now let's deal with the the, the constituencies we're dealing. You say parents are delighted on the whole that the schools are back in uh, person, and certainly I know from experience back in the back in the, the old country <laughs> in Scotland uh, when the Scottish government first first proposed. Uh, online learning again for this year. It was a parental rebellion that led them to uh, quickly find the handbrake turn. And last week, all schools in Scotland, state and private, went back in-person learning five days a week. So I could well imagine that parents in Michigan, parents the world over, are, are uh, of the same mindset. But we also have students and we also have teachers yes. um, who are part of this uh, partnership of Catholic schooling. Um, what reaction have you gleaned from students about going back uh, in school, yeah. in person? Yeah, the, the student's response has been anecdotal, but uh, the anecdotal responses that I get from students is they can't wait. It's been a long time since they've been uh, in the classroom with their friends, with their teachers. Um, and so five months uh, being away from your friends on a day-to-day basis is a long time. So they are excited to be back. You know, the older the students get, they're, they're um, wondering about how these protocols will all work day to day. You know, our young students, uh, you know, Jesus told us to become like children. You know, they are so excited. Um, I've heard from parents that their young ones uh, are eager to wear masks, just like a superhero wears masks. And so they are eager that this is just kind of their new thing that they get to do. Uh, but the older students, you know, it is definitely not normal for them. And so they're wondering how this will work. But they're excited about being back uh, with their classmates as well, continuing on their path. That may, you know, for some of them, getting ready for college next year, uh, for some of them moving from a middle school to a high school. So they're all anxious to continue that path. They don't want that path to be stalled any longer. Um, our high school students are still learning about what uh, it means for extracurriculars. Well, all the students, but especially those high schoolers. And so uh, th- there's still some questions there about what uh, what all the activities are that we'll be able to offer and that they'll be able to engage in. So still some questions, but overall excited to be back. Yeah, exactly, because obviously school's not simply about the classroom um, or socialising. There's also extracurricular activities, and um, I know that they're very important for schools within the diocese, Lansing uh, Catholic being the uh, state football champions last year, you may have noticed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, um, But yeah, how will those extracurricular activities, which are so important to our school communities, how are they going to be affected by by this new reality? Yeah, they're going to be affected, right? Uh, Just like the classroom is affected with the masks and social distancing, all the extracurriculars from sports to drama to um, clubs and other activities for our our students, uh, they're going to be affected. At the younger ages, you know, there, there will be less uh, offerings of extracurriculars after school. Uh, for the high school students, um, they found out uh, just last Friday that uh, the High School Athletic Association has postponed football until the spring. All other fall sports right now are, are being played. Um, but other things, um, marching band and uh, the drama clubs, um, st- student government, whatnot. So if, if the activity is a meeting-based mm-hmm. activity, they will continue, but they will have to meet in larger uh, rooms where they can do the social dis- distancing or outside right now, take advantage of this beautiful weather. 
but they will definitely uh, be different and uh, probably, unfortunately, at this moment, fewer offerings for those extracurriculars. So we discussed parents, students. So last but absolutely by no means least, and I know yeah. I'm talking to a, a teacher of many years standing, uh, what about the, 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 the faculty, the teaching yeah. staff? How have they reacted to the news that we're going back in person? You know, well, first of all, as we talked last spring, they are our true heroes. Uh, they stepped up to the plate last spring when we needed them to flip the switch to go to online learning, and they did. Uh, in the same way, this summer, they have worked so hard preparing for multiple options. It's going to be online. It's going to be in person. It's going to be all students in person. It's going to be a different schedule. And so I, I'm so grateful, so thankful that we have teachers who, who understand um, our human nature, right? Understand that God created us uh, for community, for community and community, that we are relational. And they know that the educational process, the process of forming these young people into saints and scholars requires that relationship. And so they know, first of all, that it is best that we, ha for our, our young people, that we have in-person instruction. But that doesn't come without uh, worries and concerns, both for the health of the students, but also their own health. And so we need everyone to join in these efforts to keep our teachers safe because they are uh, they're on the front lines, right? They are those essential workers who are on the front lines. We need to protect them. And so uh, they know that it's going to be a challenge uh, with some of these new protocols. Teaching with a mask on when you can't convey, as you normally do, some of the, the nonverbal expressions, some of that, and, and getting some of that feedback uh, will be a little more challenging. And so we're wrestling with that. Um, they are trying to figure out how to get the kids outside where they can have that more normal experience without the masks on. Uh, they're still utilizing a lot of those online tools to supplement what's happening in the classroom. So I, I think probably our teachers um, excited, um, wanting though that anxiousness to see how it's going to work. Um, but they are so... Uh, so saintly. Uh, they want what's best for our, for our kids. Now, um, once again, just like we talked about with families, that for some of our families, uh, in-person learning just isn't the best option. Well, for some of our teachers, they had to discern that this summer as well, uh, whether or not um, it was in their best interest to do the in-person learning. So each school uh, was meeting with their teachers one-on-one, -on -one, having those discussions, trying to come up with a way uh, that we can help our teachers uh, uh, continue in their position and do the beautiful job they do of teaching our young people. And how do you do that if a, if a teacher isn't comfortable Doing the in-person slide, what what in-person learning, what what accommodation can be made? Yeah, that, that's a challenge, David. Um, that has been uh, one of the things that our, our schools have wrestled with. You know, it, it's um, there's extra um, safety measures that we can put in the classroom um, to help keep our teachers uh, more distant and, and more uh, uh, protected from uh, the students. Um, and so uh, th those are discussions happening right now with our principals and, and their teachers, and they're, they're working hard to figure out how they can best do, do that. And as you say, you know, parents send their children to, or guardians send their children to, to Catholic school, not simply because they want them to be good scholars or good sportsmen or women. They also want them to be saints. Amen. Um, how does this new reality affect the school's efforts hinder or help 
uh, in, in assisting our children to come to know, love and serve Almighty God and, uh, and His Holy Church. Yeah, well, I think uh, this current uh, pandemic, this current uh, uh, situation in our society, in our, in our local communities, offers a wonderful opportunity to practice virtue. And so all of our schools uh, engage in virtue education, and there's going to be moments every single day where we're going to uh, have that opportunity to practice patience, uh, to practice prudence, right? Overall, we talked about to practice fortitude and to be magnanimous. Um, and so first and foremost, I think w when, whenever our schools have faced trying situations, that has uh, allowed them to come together even more uh, concretely as a faith community first. And, and once again, uh, such a blessing uh, for our schools, right? When you, when you worship on Sunday together, when you uh, receive the sacraments together, that just um, enhances the community that you're in. And so our, our communities, um, and it's not just the teacher, right? Not just the principal. It is the parents. It's the priests. It's the teachers. It's the grandparents. It's all the parishioners, really, that are coming together in these trying times to make sure that formation continues. Um, like you said, not just the academic intellectual formation, but that, that formation uh, to, uh, to form those saints uh, here and now. Well, Tom, thank you for uh, joining us uh, uh, today. I'm sure we'll be back here in the weeks to come as things uh, change, if they do, and I'm sure they will. Um, I think it's only appropriate if you lead us in prayer for all those uh, teachers, parents, students, and the whole Diocese of Lansing as we prepare for this new school year. Be happy to, David, and just encourage our audience to continue to uh, hold our schools in their thoughts and prayers, uh, to support them uh, with prayers, and, and also any way they can in their community. Uh, you know, this is, uh, around the country, this is a trying time uh, for Catholic schools as people uh, discern whether or not uh, they're going back uh, to a school that, yes, uh, costs money, uh, you have to pay tuition. And so, please, uh, this should be a time that our Catholic schools really shine and really um, become that uh, prominent piece in our uh, Catholic communities, in our parish communities. And so whatever you can, please support uh, our Catholic uh, schools, uh, the teachers, the principals, uh, and the staffs there. So uh, in prayer, yes, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Dear Lord, what a blessing it is that you offer us this opportunity to be in the ministry of Catholic education, to be in a position to form our young people into saints and scholars. Dear Lord, uh, please continue to pour your graces out upon our teachers, our principals, all of our schools, uh, families, and the staffs there, so that they can continue this wonderful mission of forming disciples of Jesus Christ. These are trying times, dear Lord, and so please guard us, uh, please protect us in the infinite ways that you can, keep us safe. And when those uh, moments arise, when uh, we, we have to uh, show that mercy, when we have to uh, show that patience, please uh, help us to open ourselves to that grace from you so we can offer that to our brothers and sisters. In a special way, uh, we ask our mother, right, uh, who uh, we will cel celebrate her queenship coming up at the end of this week. Uh, Mary, you know uh, intimately uh, the struggles and the joys that, that our parents are experiencing right now. So Mary, we bring all of our concerns to you so you can take them to the foot of the cross of your son as we pray. 
Hail Mary, Mary, full full of of grace, grace, the the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, David. Tom Maloney, thank you very much for joining us, and thank you for joining us uh, too for this uh, podcast, whether you're watching or or listening. Hopefully you found it useful, especially if you're a teacher or a student or a parent uh, in the Diocese uh, of uh, Lansing. Uh, As Tom says, we keep you all in our prayers in the days and the weeks to come. Uh, So may uh, God bless you and may he keep you.